another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. Hopkins to the left, three receivers to the right. Cardinals trail by four. They're out of timeouts, 11 seconds left in the game. First down at the Buffalo 43. Now the Bills drop two men back 25 yards downfield. Murray back to throw, flushed out, rolling left in trouble, slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side into the end zone, jump ball, and it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in. Out of the desert sky, Nick. Out of the desert sky, man. That's if you can't guess it. That was the Cardinals radio broadcast from the uh, from the end of the ball game against the Bills. The most amazing finish of the year through ten weeks of the NFL season by far, Nick. But it comes at the expense of the Bills. That couldn't have been pleasant to listen back as a uh, member of the Bills mafia. Yeah, no, actually, uh, I mean, what do you say? Um, uh, ironically enough, the guy who was screaming there, you mentioned Ron Wolfley. He's actually a Buffalo native, too. He used to be a special teams ace. He used to be like the Steve Tasker of the Cardinals, if you will, back in the day, and he's a oh, Buffalo native. So, so yeah, even another twist that you're throwing in there, it's a, it's a Western New York native that's doing the screaming there for the Bills being beat on the uh, final uh, final play of the game there, Ryan. That, what, a, what, a, what a further twist of the knife there, huh? A little bit, yeah. I did not realize that Nick I did not realize that yeah yeah it's uh it was I mean what do you what do you say I mean it's it's so tough to just uh to really wrap your head around it and uh you you, you can point to I know that there's a little bit of a division in western New York if you will of maybe Tredavious White went up with two hands instead of uh one hand to maybe get get a punch on the ball instead of trying to go for an interception maybe Jordan Poyer knocked him out of the way and I mean it's just it, regardless if you're if you're if you're slicing things that minimally that smallly uh, I mean one verse three just I think it's a little bit of both and maybe sure he went up for the pick but at the same time it's just like even if he goes up for the pick how many times does that ball still somehow just pop out of someone's hands it's unbelievable and an unbelievable play by DeAndre Hopkins now it, it was just uh, first of all and you can hear it on that call a little bit Murray's running around like it's not like he's like setting his feet and like launching that thing he's running all over the place he he chucks it up there. It ends up being, a, you know, a, a kind of a perfect throw for Hopkins to high point it. And Hopkins did time his jump brilliantly. He, I mean, he went up perfectly. He high pointed it. So he made it really hard on the Bills. And as you wrote, you look at the Bills defenders. It wasn't only that there was three guys around him. It was that it was Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and Tredavious White, right? Like, these are the defenders that you'd want around DeAndre Hopkins to, like, knock that ball down. These are some of the leaders of the defense. So that was a little bit more painful that it happened like that. But at the end of the day, sometimes, and I think Sean McDermott said it, it's like sometimes guys just make plays. It's the NFL, and Hopkins is probably the best receiver in football. That was just an incredible play by him. But, whew, yeah, it, it is painful that those three Bills 
were there on that play and could not just could not like knock that out of his hands. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, everyone's playing the what if game. And at the end of the day, I think it was just a spectacular play by a spectacular player. Again, maybe Trey White should have put up one arm. Maybe Jordan Poyer shouldn't have tackled his own guy jumping up the ball. Maybe the Bills should have bumped Hopkins at the line of scrimmage as we're talking about the difference of a matter of split seconds. If you if you bump him at the line of scrimmage, is he even in the end zone at that point? Folks are going as deep as saying, why didn't you put maybe a guy like Tremaine Edmonds, the middle linebacker, all the way back there in the end zone? Because Ty inside 2020, he's six foot five and he probably makes DeAndre Hopkins look like a little boy as opposed to DeAndre Hopkins making those other three guys look like a little boy, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many different what ifs, what have yous. And I mean, there's a reason why this hasn't happened since I think it was what, 2015, the Packers over the Lions, that these things are just so rare. And again, we talked about it for a couple of weeks, uh, me and you, Ryan, at least. You wanted me to dance on the Patriots' grave. And then two, two weeks later, the Patriots have two wins. The Dolphins are right there. The Bills have a last second loss. And now everyone's going, uh oh, we got, we can see some people in the rearview mirror oh, here yeah, now. Yeah, you know, yeah, I got to give you credit. You were right. I was, I was trying to get you to dance because I was, I was checked. I was, you know, I was still drunk the next morning. You know, you were talking me down. I was just like, it's over, it's over. But yeah, no, the Bills could come back from their bye here. And the if the Dolphins and Patriots win another game, it could get really interesting in the AFC East all of a sudden. So that'll be a story for sure. But it sucks that last play happened because Josh Allen and company did go down the field. Stephon Diggs makes the touchdown catch. I mean, we think that's going to be the game winner. We think the Bills are going to go to 8-2. and two. That almost is always the case when your defense is on the field and the Cardinals have to go 75 yards in 34 seconds, right? I mean, that's just like such a low probability win for the Cardinals, and it took a miracle play, obviously. But when I look at it, as painful as that loss is, Nick... The Bills go into the bye at 7-3, and three, and I think that's about right, right? I mean, I think that's fine. Like, they're 7-3. and three. They have one loss now that was just brutal, this game against the Cardinals. I think I look back at that Rams win. That one was a little sketchy. They got a nice defensive pass interference at the end of the game. They kind of squeaked that one out, too. So I don't think this is something to overreact to, I think, as you wrote on the Bills wire. So what do you think about that? I mean, 7-3, and three, you're still in first place. You're still firmly in the AFC race. It's not like they've dominated everyone they've played. I think 7-3 and three is an accurate depiction of where they're at. They're good. They're not yet great, but they're they're kind of on the come, right? They're kind of on the way to becoming a great team. You know, when you look at an NFL schedule every year, it's so rare. I mean, you have the Steelers are the only team in the league right now that's, um, you know, we'll keep it close to home here for the whole explanation, I guess. Uh, for the Steelers are the only team right now we are going, well, can they really, is there a game that they're going to lose maybe? Uh, I mean, even, even, you know, I know our friends over at Steelers wrote a piece maybe a week or two ago that were that was maybe 16 reasons or X amount of reasons why the Steelers won't go undefeated. You know, there's always just so many holes that you can poke in a schedule. And, and again, we'll keep it close to home. Who would have thought that the, that the Patriots were going to top the Ravens, you Not know, uh, uh, this me. week? Yeah, not me. It's just such a it's such a week to week type of situation there, and uh, and, and who would have thought the Bills were going to lose on a last second Hail Mary? Not me. <laughs> you know, it's 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 such a week to week thing. So many losses, and and there's always, especially with a team like the Bills, who you know they just they pick you up just to knock you back down for the last two decades. You know, and there's there's always going to be these types of things where a Hail Mary comes in, and it's like, oh boy, you know, just when we thought. My friend now over at the uh, Niagara Gazette, I believe he's working at Gary Sullivan. He's actually a, he's actually a Boston guy. Originally, he used to work for the Buffalo News. He's a guy that takes a lot of flack from fans because nowadays fans don't want to hear anything negative about their team. And he's a guy who's always kind of kept it real. And even he wrote, you know, don't come off the ledge. But the way he started out his piece, I kind of got a laugh about it was, you know, just when you think there's no possible way that this franchise can 
surprise you with the way that they lose a game that happens like like really <laughs> that was unbelievable no doubt unbelievable but as we said the bills are still in first place they still got it in front of them and the good news is they get a bye week to lick their wounds so because they're on a bye week i want to go i want to do something a little bit different in our next couple segments we'll do five questions from around the bills in the nfl with nick woten i think that that's going to be a fun exercise we'll do that coming up next Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week 11 of the NFL season. Quarterback Jameis Winston versus the Atlanta Falcons. Winston replaces Drew Brees, who's injured and is going to miss at least several weeks. The former Tampa Bay quarterback has plenty of weapons, the familiarity with this week's opponent, and it doesn't hurt that Atlanta has given up the second most passing yards and the most touchdowns to quarterbacks in 2020. You'll see some Taysom Hill worked in as usual, but Winston is a strong play and has a lot on the line. Running back DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions is moving into that must-start territory. He was officially designated the starter prior to last week's game, and Swift averaged 5.1 yards per carry on his 16 totes, adding another 68 yards and a score on five receptions. Up next is the Carolina defense, one that was slashed last week by Ronald Jones, and he was the sixth back to get at least 25 PPR points in 10 games this year. No team has allowed more catches to the position in 2020. Another guy coming off a strong performance in Week 10, Willie Sneed of the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Averaging six targets in his last three games, Sneed's increase in action has finally paid off with a pair of scores against the Patriots Sunday night. He has Lamar Jackson's trust in all settings and is their go-to clutch receiver. Tennessee has given up huge receiving results in the last five weeks and mostly throughout 2020. This is by far the best matchup for receptions, 25 more than second place, and it's number two for yardage gains. Seven touchdowns have been scored by wide receivers in the last five games. Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He has at least four targets in every game this year and 12 in the last two weeks. Even with a two-game scoreless streak, Thomas has scored 10-plus PPR points in three of his last four games. Prior to holding Eric Ebron to a 38-yard game in Week 10, a contest in which Pittsburgh's receivers destroyed Cincinnati all over the field, the Bengals had given up six touchdowns to tight ends in the previous four contests. Thomas makes her a sneaky play if you're desperate for a tight end. For more fantasy football tips, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. First down at the 43, the snap. Murray, pressured, goes rush four. Murray's in trouble, gets away from it, rolls to his left, fires it downfield, puts it up for grabs, and it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. Unbelievable. Caught by DeAndre Hopkins, surrounded by a couple of Bills defenders. He went up and brought it down. Unbelievable. Incredible. One second left on the clock. Yeah, Bills lose. They got beat by DeAndre Hopkins making a phenomenal play, and that's the kind of play he can make. He's got the best hands in football. He's a great athlete. He's got tremendous ball skills. There were three guys around him. And the Bills couldn't stop it. Just a little bit of a different call there on the Bills side. And this was my favorite part by far. Yeah, Bills lose. <laughs> like, that just keeps getting me every time I hear it. Yep, yep, the Bills lose. Like, you know, it's like, here we go again. Like, it's the most stunning ending ever. But, yeah, yeah, the Bills lose. Like, we find a way. Yeah, uh, that's actually, so the play-by-play guy is John Murphy, as Bills fans will know. And the other guy, uh, I described Ron Wolfley as the Steve Tasker for, you know, Bills fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Ron Wolfley back in the early 90s was a special teams ace, and so was Steve Tasker with the Bills and their Super Bowl run. So literally, they're like the one and two like special teams guys, aces in the minds of people in Western New York, because one's from Western New York, one did all his bidding in Western New York. So the guy who went crazy for Kyler Murray was the special teams guy from Buffalo. And then the guy who went, well, Bill's loose. was <laughs> the special teams guy who played for Buffalo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so yeah. What, what's the worst Bill's loss of your lifetime that you just can't shake, Nick? It, it can't be this one from this past Sunday, right? Like, what? What is the? Uh, what's the worst one that you? That's like kind of lodged in your memory. The first one I'll start with uh, for folks who don't know. As a, uh, I write about the Bills, Bills wear a managing editor. I'm from Niagara Falls, New York. So I grew up about 25 minutes from the stadium there, or 30, 40 minutes from the stadium actually, it's south of Buffalo. Sorry, I forgot my geography there for a second. The number three one I'll probably say in terms of Bills losses was I believe against the Patriots. Uh, Leotis McAlvin. The Bills are finally going to beat the Patriots. Leotis McAlvin fumbles the ball on the kickoff. I know it was on prime time. I think it was Monday Night Football, but that was just classic bills like you just gotta hold on to the ball and fall on the ground and you lose it uh number two a game that i was at was i was very very young and this one one of the first uh season openers i went to it's always like uh it's like a holiday in western new york the season opener it's because it's always you know you think of buffalo football december is cold it's rainy in september it's beautiful out it's 80 degrees it's great everyone wants to go to the home opener right or i've been the uh, one against the patriots there was a, a year and the bills should have won it the patriots ended up winning but uh yeah it's like 80 degrees it's a big party it's great yeah it's a great uh, yeah, it's be- great time to be in Buffalo is that first September weekend. Exactly. Except this one was against the Jaguars. And on the final play of the game, I was only like 12 or 13 years old. Uh, they threw up a touchdown from like the 10 or 15 yard line, the, the Jaguars, and they won on the final play. The loudest I've ever heard a stadium, but it was it was just like, uh, you got to be kidding me, deflating. And folks won't forget this one. Uh, the one I was at this game, I promise fun side story. I think I was like 20 years old and a couple of my buddies got underage drug drinking tickets, so good for them. Uh, I always remind them of it. Um, when the Bills play the Cowboys, the Bills were just up and final play of the game, game-winning kick, Tony Romo, they came back and uh, game-winning kick, I can't remember the kicker, maybe it was like Nick Folk or something, but game-winning kick, just Monday Night Football, the Bills lost to the Cowboys and it was like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like the Bills were up again big. It was almost similar to, I think, that Patriots game you're talking about. I think the Bills were up like 21 nothing or something crazy like that. Something like that, yeah. I was there. The, the Patriots just stormed back with like 40 points. It was kind of like that, where it's like, you got to be kidding me, but it came down to three. So those are my top three as a, as a, as a Western New York native. Okay, cool. So we'll add, we'll add another one to the list for sure. This is one that you'll yeah. be talking about 20 years from now. You mentioned the Patriots game against Baltimore. The, the Patriots got an assist from a freaking monsoon in the fourth quarter. The Patriots are only up by six points, so if the Ravens could find a way to score a touchdown, they're going to win the game. But Lamar Jackson in the in the uh, offense, they just they couldn't snap the ball. They couldn't catch snaps. They couldn't hand it off. They couldn't throw. They just couldn't do anything because the wind and the rain and, and everything. Bills or otherwise, Nick, what's your favorite NFL weather game that, that uh, of all time for you? Oh, this one's easy. It's actually not not too long ago. And I was covering the, uh, the game in person about two, three, four years ago. That snow game against the Colts. And it was uh, just ridiculous where it was maybe, um, you know, uh, 1130 a.m. for a 1 p.m. kickoff. 12 noon and it was beautiful skies beautiful skies nothing is going on and then the amount of snowfall that came down and completely covered the game the image that most people remember from this game is LaShawn McCoy running in the game winning touchdown yeah. um, it, it, that was just something else I remember uh, the Bills made a, a cool video on social media after the game because it was like Joe Webb 
ended up going in at quarterback because Nathan Peterman started the game. So Nathan Peterman got the credit for the win in this game. He went out with concussion, and then they had to put Joe Webb in because Tyrod was hurt that week. So Joe Webb just throws up this just ridiculous prayer. Deontay Thompson catches it, and like Joe Webb comes to the podium, and he's like standing there for like 45 seconds, and no one asks him a question. And I'm in the back of the room, and I'm just like, hey, so uh, bet you didn't think you'd be standing here right now, Joe. And he just like laughs, and like, it's like, yeah, that was insane. It was just, it was, it was ridiculous. Though. I mean, Joe Webb, like a wide receiver slash special teamer, and I know he's played quarterback in the NFL, but he just throws that up. So Sean McCoy runs it in. I mean, that's snowfall. It was ridiculous. That's tremendous. That is awesome. And then, uh, so I know this was a bad, this is a bad news game for the Bills, but there was some good news this past week in the NFL. Anyone who saw Alex Smith and, and what he was able to do, I think you, you kind of get the feels a little bit, Nick. You kind of get the feels, right? I had the feels watching the highlights of that game. We all know the stories by the story by now. 17 surgeries for Alex Smith. Uh, it was very unlikely he'd ever walk again. Now he's back under center. He set career highs in completions, attempts, yards. Almost rallied the uh, Washington football team past Detroit. And I just think on top of everything else, all the crap that's going on in 2020, the Alex Smith story is uh, is one of my favorites. What do you think? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh I mean, what an incredible story. I mean, I even, you know, I, I, I put on a, I put on an Alex Smith game now, and uh, I, I did see, I did flick on the game. I have Sunday Ticket and uh, uh, Fubo TV, so I got, I always have two TVs going on Sundays because that's just, you know, that's the life I live. And, um, <laughs> and, and I remember watching his first snaps a couple weeks ago when he got like sacked on the first play. I was like, oh my god, no! <laughs> I think he got sacked like twenty times in a row, Nick. Actually, <laughs> yeah, and like now and still, every single time. He get sacked i'm just like no alex fall over <laughs> fall over don't get hurt <laughs> seriously you know um yeah in terms of the the, the bills i mean so something up there in that feel good category it's pretty much just anything with like you know uh kyle williams like you know making the playoffs and catching yeah. touchdowns those are those are incredible but uh yeah that alex smith please don't get hurt more questions with nick woten coming up next it's that time again for the line of the week the inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 11 Monday Night Football game between the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers come in favored by three and a half points on home field. They beat the Carolina Panthers 46-23 last week. The Rams, they're three and a half point underdogs after their 23-16 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Jeff, how are you feeling about this one? Give me the better coach and the better defense at the Los Angeles Rams. People took Sean McVay for granted and weren't high on the Rams before the season started, but he's got them tied for first place in the NFC West. And I still think the Rams are undervalued. And who's even got the best defense in this game? Rams give up the second fewest points per game and the fewest yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. I'm on the Rams plus three and a half. It's very evenly matched. You're dead on there. The Buccaneers, they have more offensive weapons for the Rams to cover. They keep them busy. They win by four points. All odds courtesy of BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSlip and Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Okay, Nick, so Drew Brees leads a two-minute drill with broken ribs and a collapsed lung. 
so that was uh, that was something. He actually he gets hurt and he stays in there and leads them to a touchdown. And then at halftime, he goes, "Yeah, you know, something's not right. I can't go." Turns out he's got all kinds of stuff going on there. It's pretty pretty wild. These football players. What's your favorite Bills tough guy moment of all time? I'll turn it into a bit of a tough guy slash feel good story. Cool. I mean, this is one of the most insane NFL stories in like history. Again, it sticks out in my mind because I was actually at this game. Uh, it was the Kevin Everett game, if you remember this, the guy who literally broke his neck on the field for the Bills, and they put a, 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 an experimental like needle drug into him, and literally he can walk like again. It, it was wow. insane. And wow. He never played football again, but I remember distinctly. I believe it was the second half kickoff, and for some reason, I was watching him run down the field, and I remember him going down. And everyone, like, he didn't move. You know, a lot of people were like, ooh, you know, uh, uh, which happens like every single time. You know, this was back in the day when they actually did kickoffs. I, I kid you not, I, I swear on, on whatever. Um, my buddy and his dad, because again, I was like maybe 13 or 14 at the time, they come back from the concessions and they go, oh, what happened to him? And I said, I think he broke his neck. And I was like a, a younger teenager or something. And they thought I was like joking around. Yeah. And I was like, I seriously think he broke his neck. Like that was just scary. And then he gets off taken off. And yeah, there's this experimental thing. I mean, I know Bill's fans remember that but yeah I was at that game and just like he never played again of course he wanted to say he could play again but he when he did the rounds on like good morning america where it's just like a miracle that this guy you know uh, uh was walking again but that was such a good feel good story because you see so many things in the opposite direction happen in football unfortunately it's the reality of the sport that we watch that's very dangerous but uh this was the most feel good thing that i could think of uh, off the top of my head ryan where, where the guy walked again and is living a normal life and, and thank goodness uh for yeah. that it's amazing how many things you've seen from the stands nick you've been you've been at some of the these huge moments in Bill's history. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to go to a game at least once a year, and then I, you know, went away to college, didn't go for a year or two, then would still even come back for a game or two, and then, because I went to school in Syracuse area, um, not to Syracuse, I went to, I'll give uh, SUNY Oswego a shout out. Um, but, <laughs> Love, uh, it. Love it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I went back to a lot of games. The one, the one game I didn't go to that I almost got tickets to, Ryan, and you'll appreciate this, is the game where they actually beat the Patriots when it was like Fred Gaston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was <laughs> so close i remember that was like week two or week three of the season and i was so close to going and i didn't go i think the picture destroyed him later in the season you know tom brady i bet on, i bet on him this week to beat the panthers because i was like uh, there's no way that they're they're making it out alive yeah, yeah. the panthers you, are getting that revenge <laughs> you know what's happening on off a of bad brady loss you just know what's yeah. happening so. I, i've seen that happen too many times yeah no doubt so, so that was free money almost <laughs> yeah yeah and i did the same thing Puck, bucks minus six i was all over that line let's go bills return off their bye week with a get right game against the chargers in a couple weeks right so if you could pluck one player off the Chargers roster and plug him right in the Buffaloes for the rest of the season, who do you think it would be? Ooh, man, tough one. Because their record, their few, record uh, blows, but they have good players. Yeah, yeah. So a few weeks ago, definitely would have been Desmond King. He, he the former, I think, Pro Bowl or no, All-Pro in uh, 2018, I, I'm reading here. And he, he got traded, though. So a lot of the people at the trade deadline actually wanted him because Taron Johnson, that's such a, a, a tough go of it. But pending someone on the offensive line uh, in terms of uh, 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 the Bills offensive line running the ball is just night and day compared to pass protecting. It's actually crazy uh, to see how good they block for Josh Allen but don't for their running backs. But speaking of running backs, I'd probably take Austin Eckler, uh, maybe Justin Jackson, one of their premier running backs I got there. Joshua, they just keep, they, they just are pumping out running backs for the Chargers and the Bills just can't seem to get going on the ground. So maybe I'd go, maybe I'd go that route. I mean, going back a year, Ryan, for like 15 years, you would have said like, you know, 
Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or one of these receivers because the Bills just never could have one. But right. I guess this, this sick joke of how good uh, Stefan Diggs is now, you don't, you don't even need that anymore. Yeah, and, so. and, and Cole Beasley, it's like Stefan Diggs is rubbing off on Beasley. He's a freaking beast now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. He's been my sleep. He's been my fantasy sleeper in one of oh, my leagues. Gosh. I, my, my friends are sick in this one league. They have like five bench spots or four bench spots. They're like, oh, let's make it harder. But I've been hanging on to Cole Beasley every week. I can't let him go. Hey, it's paid dividends. <laughs> All right, man. So this is also a bye week for Nick Wotan in the Bills Wire a little bit here. So what, what what goes on in a bye week for you, Nick? I was thinking about getting out of town. I was thinking about maybe the Philly area, but then uh, I know our friend COVID, which, yeah. uh, by the way, by the way, happy birthday, COVID-19 on November, <laughs> 7, November 17, 2019. Oh, great. Great. Thank you. Was the first tracing of it in China. So happy birthday, COVID. Uh, yeah, they just locked down Philly again. So I was going to do that. But um, no, I think we're just going to, you know, we're going to gonna kick it back and have a little bit of a staycation, you know, Ryan? I mean, there's it's, it's tough to really plan on anything else to do. And when you want to go to Philly and, you know, maybe go see a museum or something, and then the day after that you're thinking about doing that, they lock down the entire city. It's, you know. It's not, not a great vibe. And also, shout out to Eagles Wire because I knew something was up in Philly yesterday when I go through the social media and I, I do our rescheduling and stuff. And uh, and Glenn over there had <laughs> it was like a, the link is no longer allowed to fans because of COVID. And I was like, oh crap! <laughs> it's like this, like this ain't good. So so, I, so go to go to the NFL Wire sites for your normal news updates too. Apparently, yeah. so that's how I found out about COVID was through our Wire network. Yeah, no, 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 nothing, nothing fun can happen in 2020, right? We just got it. We no. got a deal. We got a deal. So yeah, and that, that did become a meme too. I don't know if you saw uh, saw Ryan there. Not to not to get on a tangent here, but there was a, a photo of DeAndre Hopkins, and it said like 2020. He's holding the ball, and then like Micah Hyde's like joy. The other guy's <laughs> happiness. The other one's fun. And it's like that's not, I have not seen that, but I'm gonna go find it and then like yeah, it, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's perfect. That, that, yeah, that is perfect. Yeah. But hey, so that's that's my bye week too. You can go, you can go my next bye week ad in there. And that's you, you and all Bills fans, that's the whole. Yeah. That's that meme is is you know very. It's it's everything. So all right, my man. Hey, enjoy yourself. All right, and we'll get back next week, and we'll talk. We'll talk Bills, Chargers, and how they're going to get right and just beat the crap out of the Chargers. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Ryan. And I told you uh, keep a little bit of faith up there, but uh, not too much faith. We don't want to get too uh, too nervous here in Buffalo. No, really. no. Be more worried about Tua than the Patriots. They're not even five hundred yet so i mean <laughs> I, all the false hope over here in new england I'm, I'm not buying in they're still four and five for crying out loud so yeah no but, but i am worried about tua because they could be tied with the bills so we'll see it's it's gonna be an interesting weekend plenty for bills fans to watch over the bye week no doubt this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.